Thank you so much for joining us today and listening to a PCF podcast. We believe listening to the Word of God will change your life. God bless you as you continue listening to this podcast. Wonderful to have you all here this morning. And we're talking in a series called Impossible, but actually not impossible, possible. And I'm sure you're all curious, aren't you, about my shoes? So my title is Wear the Shoes, as you could imagine. And they're not all mine, no. (laughs) But we'll get to them just now. So I want to be a bit interactive today. Who of you in the room have joined a gym and quit? Oh, come on, be honest. It's okay. No penalties. Yes, I have as well. Why? Oh, well, because I couldn't seem to make the time for it. Um, I felt awful the next day, to be honest, because I <laughs> work muscles that I've never worked before. Too tired. Or perhaps you reached the goal that you thought, well, I've been to the wedding, I've lost the weight, I don't really care anymore. <laughs> and for me, well, um, I got a little bit distracted because Wayne talked me out of it into a Greg's dinner rather than going (laughs) to the gym. So yes, there's various reasons why we quit. Some stats though for you is this 7.2 thousand health and fitness clubs across the UK. Wow. 10.3 million people held a gym membership in 2021. But that's over 15% of the country. But listen to this, 12% of all new members join in January. (laughs) I wonder why. We're feeling a bit fat. 4% of the New Year members quit by the end of January. 14% at the end of February. And 50% in six months' time. So it's estimated that 67% of gym memberships go unused. Why do you think people are quitting on gym? Well, I think it really boils down to the fact that we don't like to work it out. (laughs) Do we? Paul challenges us with this verse in Philippians 2. 12 to 13, he says, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in much as in my presence only, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Now, I don't want you to get all wound up about that because I'm not actually saying you have to work for your salvation. Read carefully because it says, work out your salvation. You can't work for your salvation. Jesus did that on the cross, didn't he? Only his blood can pay for our salvation. But there's a little bit in there that says, work out your salvation. You see, there is a difference, isn't there, between Jesus being our Lord and our Master than just being our Savior, as we spoke about with Bartimaeus. He's following after Jesus as our Lord. We, we get salvation, we say yes, Lord, to him, but then we can't just say, oh, well, then let's just let go and let God. Because actually that's like looking at this lovely cake out there and eating it up and all the calories and saying, oh, well, you know, 
it won't affect me, will it? Well, I have a saying in our house, it's once on the lips, it's forever on the hips. So you, you, you have to work out. <laughs> See, joining a gym is a little bit like being, coming into the family of God. We know we need a savior, but we know our lifestyle and things that we do also need working on, like when you join the gym. You know you need to join, but there's some flabby bits you need to sort out. And this is the working out part. First of all, I would suggest that we need to sign up to follow the personal trainer. Joining the gym, you know, you j you're just not feeling good. You want to get there and do something about it. So what do you do when you get there? You ask someone to show you around the gym. You say, what exercise equipment must I do? Show me how to do it. And for those that are a little bit more serious, they say, could I please have a personal trainer? <laughs> See, I've heard and seen, even in my own family, how they get on and they idolize this personal trainer, the Joes of the world, and how they work out. I want to look like them, dress like them, eat like them, sleep like them, look like them. And I've even heard him talking about his mental health. So I just want to be like this personal trainer. But for us, as Christians, we have one idol. We have one personal trainer, and he's Jesus Christ. And we idolize God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit. We want to look like him, don't we? So he is our personal trainer. Ephesians tells us, therefore, be imitators of God. Copy him. Follow his example as well-beloved children. Imitate their father. We want to do regular workouts with our personal trainer. But have you noticed that you can go for six months and then quit a bit and then you go back and you feel like you've just where you started off. You're just uh, battling as much at the gym as you were before. You get frustrated because you're not making progress. And this is what happens to us. We have to take steps to participate with the personal trainer but work out spiritually at the gym and at home. So we have to follow a personal trainer, but then like Wayne was suggesting earlier on, we need to follow a personal lifestyle plan. And that could come in the form of using this Messenger X and getting on board and doing some of your own courses and learning and growing. I live near a gym and um, I don't go to the gym. I do lots of walking and I'm sweating it out on the road and I see them and they've got their lycra suits on and their hair's done and the eyelashes are rolled up and the, the lips are filled and they've got their mats and they're stomping their way to the gym and I even have one gentleman who nearly runs me down on the pathway. He's got a golf buggy and they, they look the part. They're all ready for the experience at the gym but they don't look like the personal trainer yet. They seem to still look a little bit out of shape. And I was wondering if it's because where no one sees, when no one follows them home, they're not working it out at home. You see, it's not all about attending the gym that makes us fit, is it? Being a Christian, following Jesus as our personal trainer, 
There's just so much more than going to church or going to home group, having the Bible app on my phone, having the tattoo on my arm. There is a lot more to following this personal trainer. Paul prays for the church. In Philippians 1, 9 to 11, this is what he prays. I pray that your love will overflow more and more, that you will keep on growing in the knowledge and understanding. For I want you to understand what really matters so that you may live pure and blameless lives until the day of Jesus Christ's return. May you always be filled with the fruit of your salvation, the righteous character produced in life by Jesus Christ. For this will bring much glory and praise to God. How should we be dressed? In good fruit. Wayne was talking all about fruit last week, wasn't he? Not just the leaves. We have to have the fruit. Righteous character, love. But how? How do we achieve this? Let's go back to the verse. This verse I'm going to keep coming back to. The one I started with in Philippians 2, 12 to 13. So let's read it again. Therefore, my beloved, as you've always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. You see, we can't be fake Christians. It's just not, it's just not good. You can see it. You know, you can see the people that are fake at the gym, can't you? <laughs> you can see it. We have to continue to do the working out at home. We have to do it in the audience of one. You have to do it when you go to work, when, we, when you're with your friends. It's our fruit of love and righteous character. Is, is that only on display when you meet me and Wayne? Or other Christian friends? We can't be fake people. So what we do is... We sign up for, the follow, for the following the personal trainer, don't we? We follow the lifestyle plan. But then we've got to wear the shoes. And I want to tell you, you know, we, you know from our story, I recently went to my son's wedding, and it was amazing. But leading up to the wedding, I knew I had to buy a dress. I knew I had to buy shoes. So off I went. It was months beforehand. And of course, you see, I have a look what's trending. And I buy these high heel shoes. And they were a lot higher than these, actually. I had never worn such high heel shoes before. <laughs> and I, I brought them home. But you know what I had to do? I, I put little socks on. And I'm, I'm marching around the house practicing wearing them, you see. Because I don't want to look like an idiot at the wedding, do I? I don't want to uh, fall over. And don't laugh at me, men, because I know Wayne tried his shoes on as well and walked around the house. And we do it with our hiking boots. We don't want, we don't want blisters, do we? No one wants blisters. So anyway, I came to the week of the wedding, and, and I, you know how you just know 
this isn't working. And I'm walking around the week before the wedding. I said, well, this doesn't feel right, Wayne. Like he said, let's go buy new shoes. So we went off and um, I bought a new pair of shoes. And I had to work out in those ones as well. Now, this is no photographs to put your phones away. These were the shoes. And these were me <laughs> in my socks practicing in these shoes, right? Because I wanted to wear the right shoes to the wedding. Today I want to show you how important it is what shoes we wear. It's very important that we work out in the right shoes. Ephesians 6.15 says, Your feet should be shod. It's a very old-fashioned word, isn't it? With the preparation of the gospel of peace. I'm going to talk about the shoes of peace that we are to wear. You know, this was written by Paul. He's in a jail, and he's chained up to a Roman guard. And he looks over, and he sees the way he's dressed, and he says, I'm going to take all those elements, and I'm going to show you as a Christian what you should be wearing. And today my focus is on the shoes. These Roman shoes, let me show you what he looked like. These Roman shoes were not normal shoes. These were killer shoes, right? They began at the top of the knee. They were made of metal, and they, went and they covered all the metal, came down the calves, right down almost to the ankle. And they were made of strong metal, strapped on tight, and they were called greaves. And the shoes were made of leather and bits of metal as well and tied on with straps. And then you can see at the bottom, they're worn away, but they had sharp spikes at the bottom of their shoes. Why these shoes? Why these greaves? Because the greaves were the way the Roman soldiers could walk into any environment, obstacles and, and hard places. They would not have experienced any pain against their legs. They would put these spiky shoes on because it would hold them steadfast in hard situations. They became virtually immovable. And I tell you what, one kick with those shoes brought the enemy down. And a couple of stomps on his head and he was done for, right? So let's look at why we are to wear these shoes and how we are to wear them. Ephesians, what it said, and our feet should be shod. It means to bind on. Very tightly. No loose-fitting shoes. Have you ever had a loose-fitting shoe and it's like slopping around? No, these were bound on tight. And the Greek in the word means to preparation. is like readiness. It's something that you practice in. Readiness. These guys were going into war. What they strapped on and what they tied on their feet had to be strong. And they had to practice in it. They walked around like me in socks, at home, in their barracks, making sure that these shoes were comfortable before they went into battle. Before they confront the enemy. Do you know there are so many variety of shoes, aren't there? Look at my shoes. No, actually these are not mine. These are buried from Ian. But we've got these are the metal-toed boots, hard boots. We've got the name brand shoes. What are these? Doc Martens. We've got the very high heel fancy shoes, and then we've got the oh, comfy flats. Our 
world influences us so much about what shoes to wear. We flex in the mirror of the gym. Flex. And we flex and we look and we compare ourselves with the Kardashians on TV. What are they wearing? And we think, what should I put on? And we're so influenced about putting them on. Like I was. I'm going to wear those high heels even though they kill me. It's the wrong thing to do. This is what the word says. 2 Corinthians 10. We dare not class ourselves or compare ourselves with those who commend themselves. They are measuring themselves by themselves. Comparing themselves among themselves. And it's just not wise. So what shoes should we be wearing? We can't compare we need to go back to the word of God and say, what shoes should I be wearing? We know, walking into this world, meeting friends, family, work colleagues, even a wedding celebration, supposed to be a happy place. It can be awful in terms of relationships. So what shoes should we be wearing? Should we be wearing these high heels of confidence, the I can do control shoes that launches you actually into embarrassment because you fall over and break an ankle. Or should we? Should we be wearing these name brands? The name brands of status that everyone else is wearing, right? But they actually find you flat on your face because you're sideswiped by a new brand. <laughs> Or what should we be wearing? These hard, tough, they weigh a ton. <laughs> these, imagine these have got metal inside of them. These steel cap boots. My self-developed toughness. That's what I'm going to walk in and I'm going to stomp on everyone and it doesn't matter how, how I get to the top. But actually, the weight of this just drags you down. Or maybe it's your comfy flats. Yes. I think the comfy flats would work. But actually, no, because it's just so much people-pleasing that the world wipes the floor with you and you get abused. You may flex in the mirror and say, these are the shoes the world is wearing, the Kardashians are wearing, but actually that's not our heavenly dress code, is it? We have all tried walking in these shoes, in various shoes, None of these shoes help you in your relationships with other people. You will find that you will fall out of love. You will lose joy. You will have no long-suffering. You will have no patience, no kindness, no generosity, faithfulness, or gentleness. Basically, you will be leaves with no fruit. These shoes that we are asked to walk out in our shoes of peace. Like the Roman soldier, we are to bind these peace shoes onto our feet and practice wearing these shoes. It's hard. I agree with you. At home, you're walking it out, and you know, you want to keep the socks on to avoid the pain, the pinch of the toes, the pain, because you're thinking, and I have to walk into this situation in peace. The blisters that I'm, it, it, it's sore, and I don't really feel like doing it, but we have to.
practice peace before we walk out the door. Many of you actually know tomorrow who you might meet. You already know what situation you're going to walk into. It's not a surprise. You, you will have some situations where you think, I didn't know I would meet that person. But most times you know who's going to be in your day. And we know that there are people who are going to put the squeeze on your righteous character. We have to choose to walk in our peace shoes. It seems contradictory, doesn't it? That peace could be a weapon. But it is. Binding on these shoes of peace actually is a defensive weapon. It, it's protection. Remember what the Roman was wearing? It's your protection. It actually holds your head and your emotions. We're not talking feet now. Those spikes that go down, that's like your brain in peace. It holds you firmly down in peace in the word of God. Your emotions, you are immovable in these hard, tough situations when you walk in peace. Proverbs even tells us a soft answer turns away wrath. When you're firmly tied on your peace shoes, you are stable and secure. You are held in your mind and this peace is from God. It keeps you out of anxiety. Here's a couple of verses for you. 2 Thessalonians 3.16 Now may the God of peace himself give you his peace at all times, in every situation. Every situation. Even the hard ones. Even when the mother-in-law is screaming at you and you think, I can't bear this anymore, I want to lash back. Every situation. Philippians 4.7 says, The peace of God which surpasses all understanding, where guards your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. Colossians 3.15 says, And let the peace that comes from Christ, what? Rule your heart. Being a member of the family of God requires us what? To sign up for the, fo for the personal trainer. That's God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit. He's your personal trainer. Follow a personal lifestyle plan. Get on board with Messenger X. Wear the shoes. These shoes are not going to cut it in this life. And you're saying, Claire, you don't know my situation. You don't know what I face every day. No, I don't. And some of these people that go to the gym, they say, I really would like this extra strength. I, I can't lift that extra weight. I, I, just, I just don't have it in me, although I've come. And he's saying, well, the next step is let me fill you with a power supplement. So not steroids. Let's get the power supplement, shall we? Fill up on the power supplement. What is that? That is the Holy Spirit. Jesus is our example in this, isn't he? He came to this earth, and how was he ridiculed? How was he mocked? And what did he walk in? His peace shoes. His peace shoes. He was rejected when he was crucified. And this, he says in Isaiah 53, verse 5, it says, He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. Listen to this part. The chastisement or punishment for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes you are healed. 
He went to the cross and bought your peace, your peace shoes. Jesus showed what it truly meant to be active in peace, but passive in retaliation. He did not retaliate when he was insulted, nor threatened revenge when he suffered. He left his case in the hands of God, who always judges fairly. Can we be active in peace, yet passive in retaliation? You could say Jesus, at his baptism, was filled with the Holy Spirit with peace shoes wasn't he? He got his power supplement to walk in these peace shoes by the Holy Spirit. Let's go back to our verse from earlier. Therefore, my beloved, as you've always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Look at that last bit. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. The Greek says works in you. It means that he's going to energize you with power. He works in you. You see, you can't work out without him inside you. You work out with the Holy Spirit inside you. We have to work out what he works in. Do you understand? We work out what he works in. He works in peace, we work it out. So we need his empowerment to do that. You know what this is like. You've been on a holiday overseas, haven't you? Your abroad trip, sorry. I forgot these British terms. You took two days to pack for this holiday. You load everyone into the car. They've got their headphones, their seat things that, you know, these blow up things for your neck. You've, you are loaded to the hilt. You get to the park and ride. You load it all out and you get into the park and ride, and you're dragging the kids and the bags and the everything and everything, and you're exhausted. By the time you get to the airport, you load it all off onto the trolley, and you make sure you've got everybody around you, and you look up at the gate, and they say, it's gate 105, and you're like, no, I have to walk all that way. But you look around, and you see one of these travelator escalators, these flat escalators, and you say, Thank God, this is going to empower me to get where I need to be. You are facing hard, tough situations in relationships. You've come to a place where you say, I've got all this and I can't, still can't get it right. This is where the Holy Spirit is your travelator. You will walk, but you will be supernaturally empowered to get places quicker with less fuss than you ever did before you can be active in peace and passive in retaliation and win like jesus did habakkuk i want to leave you with this last verse you can win in this world in peace habakkuk 319 The Lord God is my strength. 
my personal bravery, my invincible army, what does he make your feet like? He makes my feet like hinds feet and will make me to walk, not stand still in terror, but walk and make spiritual progress upon high places of trouble, suffering, and responsibility. That sounds like I'm on a travelator. Or if you don't travel, it's an escalator in the mall when you've got your bags and you load it up. Come on, this is Holy Spirit empowerment. You can't do peace by yourself. Totally agree. You need the Holy Spirit to empower you. Wear the shoes. Are you signed up for the personal trainer? Do you follow a personal lifestyle plan? Do you wear the shoes? Are you filled up on the power supplement? I'm done, but I don't think God is. So if I'd like for you to stand with me for a moment. Challenge today is what shoes are you wearing? Is it time to change your shoes? Have you tried the hobnail boots? Have you tried the flats? Have you tried the high heels of control? Have you tried the name brands and trying to look all cool? Have you tried it all and it's not worked? I'm going to try some peace today. I'm going to swap out those shoes for peace. Lord Jesus, thank you, Lord. We want to ask this morning, I don't know who's in the room, you reach out to the Lord. You put your hand up because he knows, he knows what you need. He knows you need empowerment for the life that you are living. He knows the situation that you face. He knows the relationship challenges that you have in your life and he wants to empower you. He wants to empower you so you can walk in shoes of peace. Lord Jesus. We reach out. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would empower these people that are putting their hand up and saying, I need you, Jesus. I need empowerment for my situation. Would the band like to come up and you can come and play? Holy Spirit, would you touch each individual that's put their hand up? I pray that the fire of God would fall on them. As they've reached up, they're saying, actually, I am thirsty. I am dry. I don't have enough in myself. I am not self-sufficient. I need you to empower me. Lord, touch each one. More of your spirit, Lord. More of your empowerment. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We're going to spend some time in worship. And I just encourage you to keep pressing in. We can't do life without Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And he's got more for you. Amen.